in search of gold. Alva leapt from her seat as a fist thudded on the door. Magnus, a deep voice shouted, the Jarl needs you at the hall immediately. More chaos has come. Her uncle jumped up, the flame back in his eyes. What has happened now, he asked, swinging the door open to reveal two of the Jarl's men in full armour. Men have come to Killsgard from Jarl Goodman's lands, a day's ride from here. There is great unrest at the hall. The seer is calling for sacrifice and the people of the village are scared. Magnus turned to Alva. I must leave immediately. Put all the evidence in a bag and leave it here with your mother. Then come to meet me at the hall. Bring the wolf. We may need his special skills. He took Raff from the perch by the door and swept out of the hut. Alva was left at the table, her head swimming with the stories her uncle had poured into her. Her father had killed a man in Lindisfarne and he had hidden treasure. She knew that in the many months her father had spent journeying abroad, he would have done things he wouldn't want his daughter or wife to know about. But she had heard the monk Edmund speak and he had sounded like a scared and gentle child. To kill one of these timid men and take the treasures they valued most seemed cruel. Why would her father kill a monk who was unarmed and peaceful? She felt a flame of anger burn inside her, partly that her father had been so brutal, but also that he was not here for her to argue with. Yet, now he was trying to send her a message. He was trying to lead her to treasure. It was just all too much for her mind to unravel. So she did as her uncle asked, and put the parchment, tablet and bone fragment into a bag. Running to the back of the room, she found her mother cradling her sleeping brother. He cried himself to sleep, Brianna said. He was sorry to have broken the wolf. I think we all saw it as a little last bit of your father's love here in our home. I heard the Jarl's men at the door. What did they want? They came for Magnus. Some new saga is unfolding at the hall and Uncle wants me and Fen to join him there. Alva replied. He said, I must leave this bag here with you. Will you keep it safe? She passed it to her mother. But as her hands met, Brianna grabbed Alva's wrist, pulling it towards her. Looking deeply into her daughter's eyes, she said, Alva, you are being drawn into the plots of men, powerful men. We women are powerful, but we are kept apart from so much of the world which men more freely explore. They have done things and seen things we have not. And I worry for you that your gentle spirit will be changed by their world. Alva paused for a moment, then slowly peeled her arm away. Her emotions were rushing like waves, crashing one on top of the other, and she worried that kind words from her mother might bring them flooding out in a deluge of tears. Brianna continued, Before your father left, we exchanged strong words. He was worried that I was too protective of you. He has always been the one to put a sword in your hand or lead you towards danger in the mountains. I love you and Ivan so very much and with every winter that you grow I fear more for your safety. I know I keep you here in the home more than Bjorn liked but his path for you leads to danger while mine keeps you safe. And Magnus being here with us simply made you more hungry for adventure. I only want to protect you. Standing up as strong and as tall as she could manage, her outline picked out in the light of the doorway. Alva spoke softly. I feel the spirit of Lagertha and all the shield maidens burning in me. I'm not content to stay at home, play mother and tend to the men. 
I want to know more of the world and all the men and women in it. I wish you could believe in me more, Mother. I know you fear for me, but I cannot change what I am. I need to investigate. It's like a hunger inside me. Uncle and Father both see this in me, and I would love for you to see it too. I know this will hurt you, but right now I need to go. She pulled her hand away gently. Calling for Fenrir, who had been sleeping by the bed, Alva bent down on her knees and held his muzzle. Fen, mother fears for me, but we have to help uncle. Do you swear to protect me? He looked with baleful eyes at Brianna, then stood upright close to Alva's leg. Alva, her mother said, I have always known you have a shield maiden inside you. It's your father's fault. From all those days spent boring tales of battle and adventures in your ears, I know you are strong, but others can be stronger and more brutal. I don't want you to go out tonight. Alva turned towards her mother once more. I have to, she said. If you knew more about what we seek, you'd understand. With a stronger stride than she felt in her heart, she moved towards the door and out into the town. Her heart, however, felt the tie with her mother being stretched with every step. The afternoon was drawing in and at this time of year the days were short. It would be dark soon. Alva pulled her cloak tight around her and Fenrir bounded alongside her, feeling the wind in his fur. They saw that the doors of Jarl Eric's hall were wide open as they approached and Alva could hear the angry voices inside. We have a right to the treasure. If we are the ones who find it, one voice echoed. The speaker had a different accent from further south and Alva didn't recognise him. He sounded young and boastful. The monk and English warrior passed through our town two days ago and they could not stop their whispers of treasure. They wanted us to read their runes and help them translate, but they were foolish. We told Jarl Gudmund that we had knowledge of great treasure here in Kilsgard, and he gave us permission to find it and claim it for him and our people. Jarl Eric's voice rose up above the clamour, loud and strong. Younglings, you have barely a beard hair between you, and yet you think you can enter our town and stride into a mystery that we ourselves are still battling to unravel? Be wary. This is not a simple story of buried treasures and gold lust. There are strange and dark strands being woven by the Norns. Two men have gone missing. Someone or something is picking off those that search for this treasure. We are trying to understand it, but at this moment we are, I'm not afraid to say, terrified at what is assailing our town. I urge you to return to your homes and abandon this foolhardy venture. Alva saw a short skinny youth, his dark hair falling in wispy strands around his smooth face. He spoke in a high-pitched, petulant voice. Old man, you and your men clearly do not have the courage or the strength to find this treasure. When the monks stayed in our town, we had time to examine the carved casket. We know what the runes said and we know where we have to go. But out of respect for your land, Jarl Eric, we have come to inform you that we will be taking possession of the items we find. Jarl Eric spoke up. You must tell us what they said. But at that moment, the three visitors turned on their heels and smirking, swept out through the great doors of the hall. Alva examined them closely as they passed her. They must have seen barely 15 winters each and were covered in silver. 
an outward sign of great wealth. She thought they looked like silly rich boys. Giant's finger would swallow them up. As she watched, they mounted their horses outside the hall, whose hooves roused a cloud of dirt and debris. The party disappeared into the fading winter light, their eyes set on the mountain. Magnus ran out of the hall after the two men, almost crashing into Alva in his haste. This is bad, he said anxiously. No one should be on this trail until we know more of where the missing men have gone. We simply don't know enough yet. While we have started to decipher the clues, we are nowhere near to knowing where Bjorn hid the bones. These foolish boys cannot know any more than us. So like the Englishmen before them, I fear they will find themselves in great danger on the mountain. There is someone out there who is attacking those who seek to find the treasure. Why don't you send Raph after them? Alva asked, spying the blackbird on Magnus's shoulder. Good idea, he replied. The bird can be my eyes. Watch them and let us know if anything happens. Taking the raven onto his hand, he looked closely into its eyes and began muttering and gesturing towards Giant's finger. Alva leant with Fen against the entrance to the hall, listening again to what was unfolding. It was busy inside Megan's sorrel. Men were shouting and slamming drinking vessels on the oaken tables. Some were arguing with the Jarl that they were being cowardly and should search for the treasure themselves. Others wanted to know what information the Jarl had about the location of the treasure. Why should Magnus be investigating? And if he was first to find it, wouldn't he simply take the treasure for himself? They argued for some time while Alva listened, whittling sticks with her knife in case anyone thought she was eavesdropping. Once Raph was sent on his way, a black speck in the winter sky, Magnus turned to Alva. Uncle, Alva said, they really hate us in the hall right now. The men are impatient for the treasure and they think by doing our own investigations we are trying to steal it from under their noses. Their pride is hurt by these young adventurers and they want answers. I know, Alva, we have work to do. Come with me and bring Fen, he said taking her by the shoulder and moving her from the safe space by the entrance back through the doors of the hall. Alva did not want to go further into this throng of angry Vikings and their nest of serpentine slippery words, but a hush fell as they approached the burning fire in the centre of the room. She felt strangely safe with her uncle's hand, gently guiding her. There were about twenty broad, bearded and brutal-looking men arranged on the benches around the sides. Jarl Eric strode towards Magnus and drew them closer to the hearth. Fen gave a little growl. The men shot wary glances at the wolf as he trotted along behind Alva. Thank the gods that you have returned, Magnus, the Jarl said. The men are full of questions and you are the only person who can answer them. Tell us, do we know who has taken the monk and the English warrior? Do we know what this treasure is and where it is hidden? Magnus drew himself up and cast a hard look around the room. After what seemed like a long pause, he spoke calmly. Good men of Kilsgaard, this past day and night have been full of complexity. Two men have vanished, and along with them a casket covered in runes. It claims to lead the reader to a hidden hoard. I am still trying to unravel exactly what this treasure might be but can only know for sure when I have fully decoded the messages carved into the casket. Once I do so, you will have the truth. But until then, the more you know, the more chaotic our search will become. This is my niece, Alva, 
As many of you know, she is a keen investigator and can seek clues and unpick riddles like no other in Killsgard. Alva tried to make herself disappear under the steely looks of the men in the hall by shrinking behind the hearth. Yet she was surprised by her uncle's praise. He'd never said these things to her. Together, we have been working through evidence discovered on the mountain and here in the hut where the monkey was taken. We have found clues that may lead us to the treasure. But as yet, there is no explanation for who is taking men in the night. The identity of this foe is still a mystery. And while it remains so, we must be cautious. There is a violent soul wandering through Killsgard. He stopped abruptly as a loud interruption echoed from the back of the hall. Cautious, came the deep, croaking voice. Sigrun slid into view from the gloom as if she was floating across the floor. Alva felt her blood run cold as the seer moved closer to them. You are telling strong Viking men to be cautious? It is not a mystery as to why our town is so embroiled in turmoil. It is loci. The god is toying with us. He dangles the promise of great wealth, but he hides it amidst chaos. His message is clear. He demands our gifts and we must move forward with the sacrifice. This is something we must do without hesitation. Fenrir growled quietly as the gaulish woman drew closer, her joints clicking with every step. I will accept no more delays, Eric. We must conduct the sacrifice once darkness is settled. We should start the preparations right away. Alva, feeling sick to her stomach with nerves, edged towards the crone and spoke very quietly. We are in the middle of an investigation, venerable Sigrun. Turning her icy stare on Alva, the seer parted her cracked lips in a sinister smile. Was that you who spoke? Young Alva? She nodded slightly. Ah, youngling. The old woman continued, scratching the wiry white hairs on her chin. You should not be so reckless, particularly as you have seen your own death so recently. You dreamt that danger was waiting for you on Giant's Finger, yet you follow in the footsteps of an ageing man, your uncle, in his tedious investigations. Have you not the heart of a shield maiden? Are you not driven to act, to appeal to the gods for strength? She drew even closer to Alva and pointed a disfigured finger towards her. You need the protection of the gods even more than most youngling Alva. You are marked by the Norns. I can feel it on you. I can almost see their web around you. As Alva looked around the hall, the men were nodding their heads in agreement. She was burning with rage and hatred for the bitter old crone who hovered so close to her face. Yet she was also quivering with fear. Sigrun terrified her. Jarl Eric raised his voice. So say you and all the gods. The sacrifice will take place upon darkness. Sigrun smiled, showing her cracked yellow teeth. Shifting her unblinking gaze from Alva and with an air of triumph, she turned to sweep from the hall. Alva shuddered as she felt the cold chill Sigrun had brought with her slide away. Her uncle rounded on the yarl. This is the most useless thing we can do right now. We need time. Alva and I are getting close to understanding the runes. To whip the town up into a frenzy of ceremony and sacrifice tonight is dangerous, particularly as there are now three strangers wandering on Giant's Finger, as well as a potential murderer. 
but as he spoke his words were drowned out by boos as the men of the hall took to their feet. Jarl Eric grabbed Magnus by the arm and steered him towards the door. Alva followed with Fenrir, looking over her shoulder anxiously. You are unpopular with the men right now, the Jarl whispered. They think you are hiding runic secrets for them and they envy the liberties I have given you. Play along with the ceremony, show you want the chaos to stop, bring your sheep for slaughter and we can try to settle the anxieties that are flowing through Killsgard. They had reached the door with Fen growling threateningly all the way. Some of the men were following them and sensing the rise in tension, Magnus took Alva by the wrist. Come on girl, he said. Let's leave this madness for now. It will only increase as the night grows older. Back at their hut and with a storm brewing in his eyes, Magnus smashed through the doors angrily. I even gasped and let out another huge howl. Oh, thank you, Magnus, Brianna exclaimed. I've only just settled him from his last attack of screaming. Alva, still burning with a rage of her own, slammed herself down onto the bench and reached for a cup of ale, trying to calm her racing heart. The insanity of these people, Magnus bellowed, landing himself on a seat and banging his fists on the table. They persist in their crazy rituals and ignore reason. What are you talking about, Brianna asked, sweeping up the whimpering Ivan and sitting next to Magnus. They want a sacrifice, Magnus replied, and they want it now. Apparently that will fix the drama that is unfolding in our town and bring the lost Englishman back. It is falling and we have to present our sheep for slaughter. Alva had heard the Jarl make this statement, but the reality of this slowly dawned on her. They only had a few chickens and two sheep to provide them with eggs and wool. Alva was very fond of both sheep and she had named them Seamer and Heffin, soft and happy. They were part of the family sleeping in the hut during the cold winter months. She could not bear to see one of them beneath Sigrun's knife. Alva rounded on the room. I am not letting that old crone have our sheep. She can't have them. We have to find an answer to this before the ceremony takes place. I think we should look at the inscriptions again and see if we can find any more clues that could help us solve this before Sigrun begins her bloodbath. Mother, she said. I'm sorry we have told you so little of what's been taking place in Killsgard and what mysteries Uncle and I have been unravelling. I know you were angry with me, but we need your help. Do you still have the bag I gave you? Slowly, Brianna went to the family chest and unlocked it with the large metal key she wore around her waist. This chest had always intrigued Alva. It was where her mother kept the most precious things her family owned, but Alva had rarely been allowed to look inside it. Brianna drew the bag out and Alva laid the documents across the table in front of her. Brianna's eyes widened in amazement. Parchment, she said. I have not seen so many of these documents since I left my Irish homelands. Why are these here in Kilsgard? One of the men taken in the night was a monk from Lindisfarne, Alva replied. We found them in his bag, although he himself had been seized in the night. He left other clues too, runes that he'd scratched onto the wall. Runes that I think were part of a message for us from father. Brianna's pale Celtic skin became even more washed out as she quietly digested Magnus's words. After what seemed like an age, she said, You think this has something to do with Bjorn? Yes, mother. 
Uncle has told me of their journey to the English Isle of Glindisfarne and how he and father brought back some Christian treasures. Relics, Brianna, the bones of Saints Magnus cut in. From your early life as a Christian in Ireland, you must know of relics and their value. I do, she said, still looking startled, and I know Bjorn did too. Is that what you and he argued about upon his return? Bjorn should have told me of this. I think he would have, Brianna Magnus replied, but the opportunity to go a Viking came up and he left so suddenly. I think Bjorn carved the runes onto the casket when he realised he was the only one who knew the whereabouts of the bones, hoping that the three of us would work together to decode it. I don't think he meant to be away for long, and he must have intended the casket to reach us. Alva spoke slowly and deliberately, but his journey has gone on for much longer, and now the casket has fallen into someone else's hands. Through the twists of fates, we have been given a chance to decode this message now. I think we have to work together if we are to understand Father's message. That was what he meant when he said we would find riches of the heart and soul. I think this casket is a way of giving us treasure that could make us rich, but also a way to bring us closer together. Brianna took a deep breath. My darling girl, you did not know me before I became a clucky mother hen. In Ireland, I was the daughter of a king and a powerful princess. I had an eager mind and the strength to outwit any man. I was much like you. Motherhood has tamed me and it has made me fear for my family. But I will show you tonight that I can be every bit the shield maiden you are. How can I help you both? Excitedly, Magnus shuffled the objects on the table, pulling out the tablet and stylus from his pouch. You can help us make sense of these documents, Brianna. We have already made some progress, so let's see what we have. Alva, relishing her mother's attention, butted in. The monk's scribbles tell us that he met Vikings in Francia. From that point he sets out on a journey north towards Kilsgard. We know from the strangers in the hall that he stopped at a nearby town in search of someone to help him read the runes. His carvings on the wall of Jarl Eric's hut suggest that he had committed much of the casket's symbols to memory. We also know that the treasure he sought was connected to Lindisfarne and their saints. But mother, we need your help with the runes. We have to come up with a complete translation so that we can search for the treasure. It may lead us to the missing Englishman. We need to do this to help all of Kilsgard out of this spiral of madness. Taking Alva's hand, Brianna looked into her eyes and smiled tenderly. If these runes are from your father, then this is our quest. We will do this together. They worked away at the tablet, passing it between themselves and debating exact words for certain encoded runes. Alva knew she and Magnus had already decoded most of them, but she enjoyed watching her mother's quick mind, figuring them out for herself. Darkness was creeping around the edges of their home, so Brianna stood and lit a candle, bringing it to the table. Magnus placed his his tablet down. This is what the casket may have said. For the treasures of the gods journey to Kilsgard. Joys of western foes lie in hidden dark, hidden in a dark place at the birch tree. From Jarl Eric's hall, journey to Giant's Finger. Follow. The monk's carving halted mid-sentence. I wonder if this was because he was disturbed. It's just so frustrating. We can learn a little from this, however, Brianna said. We know that we have to find a dark place near a birch tree. It could mean a shady spot or even some sort of cave. The trail begins with the mountain, said Alva, but what about the lid? It says our names over and over and over again, but perhaps we missed something. 
She drew the piece of bone towards her, running her fingertips over the symbols. The sequence of repeating symbols were surrounded by lightly carved beasts that writhed into one another, biting onto each other's limbs and bodies. Her father had clearly taken great care with crafting the box. These are our names, Alva said. But look, on this second row, there is another symbol carved next to my name here. I hadn't seen it properly before, as it's carved smaller and lighter than the other runes. Magnus held the bone fragment up to his eyes. So, Alva, here you have the two runes for your name, and Laguz. What does that rune mean? It means lake, uncle, she replied, and suddenly Alva felt a cold chill run down her spine. My lake, she said quietly. The lake where father used to take me. That's where he wants us to go. She looked up excitedly at her mother. He took me there on his last day in Kilsgard. Magda's eyes widened in realisation. He has chosen a place that only we know of. This is his final part of the riddle. Only we can find the treasure because only we know the landmark he has encoded here. Perhaps he has left further clues at your lake. Silence fell. Alva sat stunned. They had decoded these runes. They had found a clear trail. They had heard her father's voice through these symbols and could now travel where he was guiding them. But before they could discuss how and when they might follow this trail, the sound of the gong rang through Kilsgard. It was time for the sacrifice. <laughs>